I, I actually... Whoops. <laughs> Shot a little too early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll kind of segue into these things. Um, that's professional as always. Fuck we'll never yeah. change. <laughs> Suck it up, audience. This, this uh, I think, comes as a, a comment I made to Colin on online saying, have you actually seen uh, that they uh, substituted the dog in the remake of The Omen? Because yeah, in in the in the original film, you had the uh, Rottweiler um, right throughout. You, uh, the, the Rottweiler was the dog in the garden, and then when Mrs. Baylock, um, you know, says she found a dog outside, it was still the, the same Rottweiler. Yeah, if that's you... that's one thing that did always confuse me with this film. It's like I kept yeah. waiting to see that first dog again. <laughs> yeah, the shepherd, and you're like, but here's the funny thing, guys. I completely spaced it, right? I knew this. I think I was away at the Sandy places at the time. That's why I mm -hmm. missed the movie. Um, in fact, it was. So um, I completely joined this up with The Omen 4. I think that was why my reply would sound a bit mad. <laughs> because I remember all the hype for The Omen 4 and people getting annoyed. And then I'm thinking about... Because uh, if you remember the book series, the five uh, pentology, the, the five books... Yeah. So after uh, Damien Thorne gets killed, his son's born, and then it's the two books of his son basically trying to carry on, and he's just born straight into the cult, and that's that's the final confrontation. Uh, I should look them up. Oh, no chapter, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Sam Neill. Yeah, yeah, that was the final. But there's a series of five books that told, yeah. tells the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. But and I suggest this with part four, and then I'm like, hold on, this isn't a remake. This is a continuation. And I completely yeah. forgot about the 666 remake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you talk about cinemas, showing it. I actually, with my son, we went to see the Omen remake, um, but it was showing on the day of release at midnight. Nice. So we actually stayed up and went to the cinema at midnight on June the 6th um, to, to actually watch this, this movie. And um, we picked up on the dog. Uh, um, changing uh, right off, you know, went from a German Shepherd to a, a Rottweiler. Do, do you think they didn't have uh, a Rottweiler available on the day? Like, it was so random. That would they make did. sense if that was the case. Yeah, they didn't actually say uh, in the film, and neither in the first film, that it was the same dog. You know, did they mean that it was a, a different dog anyway? Um. I think you just took it for granted that the dog that Mrs. Baylock found would have been the, the dog familiar? in the garden at the nanny's part, or at the Damien's birthday party, where yeah. the nanny topped herself. But um, hmm. this was a strange one. Yeah. Um, mm. Like if I had just went beat for beat, the story, which I practically did, but the atmosphere, I, I've never felt so underwhelmed in my life. With a remake, that's funny. That's um no, the original version is is dated. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. But at, first of all, it has the most iconic soundtrack in cinema. Yeah, 
you hear Ave Santanas, and even if you're not a horror fan, even if you've never watched The Omen, people like Joe Blow on the Street will just be like, ah, oh, Damien, you know, you play that music, <laughs> yeah. people automatically associate it. That's how much of an impact yeah. the original uh, movie had. And it's like I said to you, people don't realise that it's not an, an operatic piece done by one of the big composers. Um, you know, it was done by a film composer, Jerry Goldsmith, um, mm -hmm. particularly for The Omen. Um, you know, um, if you take um, the the old old Spice adverts, they they stole Old Fortuna, um, which was a you know a, a proper classical piece of music. And they used uh, it in uh, Excalibur as well. Yeah, and but you you think of uh, this Avasatani, and you think, you know, oh, wh where did they nick this piece of music from? And it wasn't; it was composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Um, and of course, it, it um, the actual score for the film actually won the Academy Award, um, and uh, Avasatani was nominated for um, the best uh, song. Um, but only got nominated. But hey ho, you know he he got best. That's sport. for a horror movie um, theme tune. That is like the break that much into the mainstream because there is an aversion to horror. It's we we've talked about this. The beat this horse to death. The yeah. mainstream has an aversion to horror. Yet horror is the backbone of storytelling mm -hmm. and cinema. It's just well, I'm just thinking about like the the behind the scenes things involved in even getting like nominated so much money is put into that like those if people don't know like those awards are bought they're not won they're bought so not only do you have all the press and adverts for the release of the film but you have double if not triple that involved in just getting a nomination if not paying for mm -hmm. the award so the the company that released this had so much fucking faith in this movie and the score that they were able to get that like it's just crazy like there's a there's a book out there i'm, trying, I'm fucking blinking on the name i think it's uh, the men who would be king it kind of explains how um awards like those work and it's just it's fucking crazy Mm. I think people have tweaked on though because the Oscars and the BAFTAs, the viewership has just tanked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, all bullshit. And people see yeah. through it. You can, mm. I mean, it's the emperor's clothes at the end of the day. You can bluff people for so long, but when people finally get tweaked on and then they get past that period of, you know, nobody likes to think they're fooled. So the, the double down because they don't want to show that they've. Uh, being made a, uh, made a fool off, and then eventually get to the point of disgust, and then it just people walk away. Mm -hmm. That that's been seen through for a while now, and that's that just reflects in the the tanking of audience. Nobody's interested in these awards, or people, you know, pat each other in the back and all that nonsense. That nobody cares. Mm -hmm. No. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, this remake wise, I mean, I I didn't like the Psycho remake with Vince Vaughn. I just thought that is awful. Well, and that's a great example of doing shot for shot is a terrible idea. Yeah. That's pretty much what that was. It was an experiment to see if they could do a shot for shot remake, and it was just yeah. trash. Yeah. But um, yeah. The, the actual book of Psycho is only a short story. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a very big book at all. Um, and um, yeah, it's. Um, Robert, even uh, the sequel, uh, Robert Block wrote the. 
the two of them. It's it just finishes with Norman Bates getting out of the, the asylum. Yeah. But the movie was uh, now we're talking a while ago. Uh, I don't know what the movie was trying to do with that. Yeah. But one thing that wasn't picked up on in um, in the um, remake of. Um, what we are? <laughs> the omen. <laughs> here, this is here. This is the way we roll. We love our tangents. We'll we'll get back to the movie eventually. That's the plan, you know. But I, I I never actually picked it up when I went to see it in the cinema. I, I it was when I watched it, you know, a couple of times to to uh, come here. Um, is red. Wherever there's going to be a death, there's something red. If you take mm -hmm. Damien. Wears red quite a lot right throughout the film. Uh, when he's on the swings, he's got like this this red um, coat on and a red hat. Um, there's a red diesel truck when the uh, ambassador gets gets um, killed by the um, you know the diesel. That was actually a, I have to say that was a brutal scene. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. That was actually, uh, I'll give the props to that. That was a brutal scene. Uh, it was a bit sort of Final Destination. I know oh, that 100%. The first one, but yeah. they really hammed it up. <laughs> yeah. For this one. Um, but yeah, uh, the ambassador and the flipping petrol just guzzling in there, and you're like, nah, you're, yeah. to you're not, you know. Nothing you're not worse than burning to death, is it? <laughs> but um, yeah, and um, like the nanny, there's red balloons. Mm -hmm. Um, for uh, when the priest meets um, um, Mr. Thorin in, in the tunnel, uh, in behind, there's uh, a couple of people wearing red cloaks that go by, and then of course he he, he gets uh, pinned by the the <sighs> that shit. Right. So it is. It's been a minute since I've watched this, and I haven't watched it on as big and as pro like you know high def a TV as I have now. I did not realize just how fucking dated the CG was in this. <laughs> and, and like awful. Oh my god! Like that's right. The original movie does the scene in the churchyard with the spear is done a hundred times better with seventies mm. fucking practical effects. Yeah, yeah no, that, I I agree. This definitely. is Arnie's. What was that fucking movie? Arnie Schwarzenegger was in with the, the alligator or the crocodile. I'm not sure. No. The last action was it the last action hero or something? Don't we look at with the friggin' the oh, CGI alligator? Yeah. Uh this is that bad, level of bad. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to take your word. I haven't watched that shit since I was a child. So. Yeah, well, even <laughs> I, I remember. remember. I remember but that. Yeah, this was hurting, this was pretty my bad. And as a child watching that fucking alligator thing, you know, it's sci-fi channel type shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that was a weird choice too. Um, like such a mundane thing that they're going to leave the cg like it's a fucking it's a uh, pike at the top of the tower coming off like mm. why wouldn't you shoot that practically like it, it, uh, that was uh that was an interesting choice i mean the yeah, death uh, is great like him actually standing there like speared like that you know that's practically done like that looks good but that shit but that down it's like oh that, man that's, that's bad that's silver fucking Babylon 5 TV, you know, Babylon 5 is a great TV show, but the CGI is what uh, takes you out of it. Mm. As that level of like, this is the fucking Commodore Amiga fucking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking two eight bit fucking effects. Yeah. But that's the thing. Um, Like, why didn't you use the original score or variant of it? Like, there's no atmosphere. No atmosphere. Like, like you said, the, the haunting music in the original is Damien. 
it's mm-hmm. it's tightened. It's whereas this one, it, it made it quite flat the the score, and you, it made it more of a, a, a sort of thriller that you would catch on BBC One as opposed to yeah, or strip the DVD or strip the streaming. Yeah. You know, um, this is supposed to be a cinematic release that was supposed to be. The home marketing behind, you know, sixth of June two thousand six six six. It was mm. all meant to be that, but that was my thing. I remember the marketing and the t- discussion for Roman Four in nineteen ninety five. This completely, you know, I, I sort of briefly remember it at the time, but it completely went over my head. Yeah, and I have no memory of this movie at all. Like that's how bad or flat. I, I what, remember what when I was going to go see it on opening day like they did the marketing so well there was people protesting i mean again i'm i live in a highly religiously oppressive part of the world yeah, but you're all lunatics over there using protest at the opening of a friendship it's got yeah no that, yeah absolutely um, sandwiches so, i mean that's what i think they did right because it got all the fucking weird ass uh religious folks out and it's like it's a goddamn movie like it, it, come on um yeah, see, I like while I I will agree, like the original score was better. Like I I felt like there was more of a sense of not so much dread as just desperation with this. Whereas the first one, you get that beautiful, big, epic um, uh, score. Like it it tells you Damien is terrible. With this, it's just sort of like there's a a very subtle underlying dread throughout the entire film. And I, I feel like they did that pretty well. Just just uh, on the uh, light side, um, my son and I, like I said, we went to see it just after midnight on opening day. Mm-hmm. We were the only two in the in the screen, in View Cinema in Plymouth it was. Mm-hmm. And um, we thought, we're the only two. I know, we'll, we'll go and sit in the VIP seats. <laughs> the hostess came up to us and she says, You'll have to go back to your your own seats that you booked. <laughs> we said, but there's no one here. Yeah, but you haven't paid the extra for those VIP seats. Like that—that's a job, sort of. Like, oh, it's so funny. But, if you've yeah. ever seen, uh, like, I'm, I'm kind of going through the same situation at the moment. I'll go into a screen. And it's like there's me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm doing a quick, uh, you know, short, you know, on the. On the webpage, going. This is the way to go to the cinema. No yeah. frigging people to annoy me. That's uh, and then I'm getting annoyed if like ten people come in. Yeah. Proper screen. I'm like, what are you all doing here? This is my screening, and I've got it in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting a bad ticket now for me. This is what I've got in my head because it's mm-hmm. for the last four movies I've had to see. It's been like nobody in the the actual uh, uh, stall. Yeah. I'm just expecting it now. Oh, what do you mean other people come to watch us as well? That's that's not right. <laughs> yeah, that's that is the one disappointing thing when you're like someone like me. I I go to matinees typically like on Mondays because nobody's there and it's great. Uh, so going to see something on uh, like an opening night type of thing, it's always so weird when it's like, oh god, there's someone sitting next to me. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> And plus, you're very vocal over that side of the pond during movies. When when they which is, eh, it, it depends on the the movie. Um, I mean, there's one I went to recently, like where there's literally people in the front of the c- cinema dancing and singing along, and I was like, "What the 
fuck is wrong with you people? Um, and then, you know, some movies, it's like just dead silent the whole time. So it mm-hmm. does kind of run the gamut. Yeah. I, I, I noticed a lot wrong with the with uh, the remake. Um, everything from, if you take um, the, the opening scene where um, Robert's heading to the hospital, um, he's supposed to be there at 0600 in the morning on June the 6th. Well, if you take, uh, if you've ever been to Rome, um, you know, at 0600 on June the 6th, it's bright, you know, it's it's, it's daylight. Well, it's um, it's it's pitch black in in the film. Um, um, there's also, <clears throat> I mean, um, it was uh, supposedly filmed in um, Prague, Czech Republic, and Croatia, um, and yet they they tried to double a lot of the scenes as London. And if you notice some of the things, you've got signs on shop uh, windows in the back saying. Uh, welcome to Prague, or you know, whatever the, the language <laughs> is there. Um, you got a, a although in furnace and today, at, um, maybe not so much in 2006, but definitely now in London, there are sections you may as well be in the flipping Middle East, right? Well, yeah. Poland, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's not it's not too far off the mark now, so you kind of gloss over that, but yeah, it's... you got uh, in the scene where um, the uh, the father uh, wants to meet Robert Thorne. In Bishop's Park, and um, if you look at it, there's a sign that says Bishop's Park, but it's actually falling off. And in behind it is a Czech Republic sign. Oh, um, that's funny as shit. <laughs> Do you know what? They should have made this as a comedy parody. Yeah. And just had all that shit in, and just let it, you know, fucking sign actually fall off and stuff. It might have done better. Um, yeah, actually, in fairness, so, um, the guy who plays the priest this time round. Possible fight, yeah. He, he was much better. The first one was just a lunatic, Patrick Troughton. Yeah, he was just over uh, overacting it. Patrick Troughton was Doctor Who, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, um, he was a second doctor, wasn't he? Second one, wasn't it? Yeah, after William Hartnell, oh. yeah, um, that's right. He, he played the he had the wee uh piccolo with him and he played it randomly yeah. and stuff, but he was really over harmonic. He's like, nerds, calm the fuck down. I know. Yeah. Imagine, imagine being being nerdy in this show. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot of scenes in in the remake as well. If you look closely enough, especially with the the, the course of the Blu-ray um, and the um, high quality thing, you can actually see the boom mic come in from above, just just the top of it. Um, you know, See, that's and... where I felt I messed up. Like, I didn't realize that my version was so dated. Like, I have the full screen DVD release. So it's like, yeah. I don't even, it's not even filling up my entire TV. And it's like, oh, God, I really need to buy the box set all over again. Because uh, mm. I, I I think I bought the box set when it came out in like, oh, eight or some shit. So it's all just, it's not even like HD DVD. It's just, yeah. So I, I, definitely need to get it so i can see all this funny shit actually that was a funny thing steve you mentioned because uh steve actually took proper notes not my usual <laughs> 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 he's actually went all all in on this and fucking like done a deep dive i'm like 
that's way too professional for us. That, <laughs> right, just watch my last. Have the keys to the podcast. We'll just go home now. Well, all you've got to realise is, at my age, I've got to take notes. So I forget. I'll be uh, discussing Star Wars Episode Five or something. Oh, we do that. I mean, <laughs> I'm game as long as I'm off uh, by like eleven. Like we're golden. I will fucking jerk off about Empire. Oh, <laughs> But with so many mistakes. Um, the original uh, budget was two point eight million. Yeah, and this remake was twenty five million. How yeah. can they get so much so wrong? Yeah, uh, I I um I did get it at two thousand and six rate just now. Um, two six two six. Let's pull it up again. Um, Are you going to compare it to? Yeah, 15 million in 2023. 2006, yeah, um, podcast 26. So, now, uh, so the 2006 film was 25 million and it took 120 million worldwide. Yep. The 1976 film had a budget of 2.8 million, which hasn't saved, I think. Yeah, yeah 15 million in today's rate. So, even at, at today's rate, 10 million at 2006 rate. Mm -hmm. And it took an estimated 61 million. Which was two hundred and sixteen million. Damn. Um so the first one took like eight times as much. Um and the uh, sorry, the second one and the nineteen seventy six one took like um what uh, eight hundred and ninety times as much, is it? Something like that. Uh, so twenty eight is ten. Um, 20, 30, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. yeah, um, and that's not even counting oh. DVD sales, <laughs> mm -hmm. no, no, or anything afterwards, longevity. Um, yeah, and this is the whole point that we've been talking about. What are studios doing? This isn't just a recent phenomenon, like from we can kind of benchmark 2010, we've seen it, that's when cinema started really going downhill. Hmm. But we can see the starts of it now. Like after like the early two thousands, getting to this point, this is where I don't know what the hell's happened with them. But they've really jumped the shark. Hmm. They're pumping money in like nobody's business in the movies, but they're not putting the the basic care or passion behind it. Yeah. And this this shows so much, and this you know this is a I don't know. I find myself almost just sort of snoring through this sort of okay okay like there was nothing grabbing me i think they're also um taking it that the the person who goes to the cinema is is completely stupid and um, because if if you take the taken trilogy and mm -hmm. no um, the car chases in that the car gets smashed up that often yet if you look scene to scene the car goes back to normal and then it gets smashed up again. Then it goes back to normal. And, and the same happened in, in this film um, when um, he knocks over the nanny when he's trying to escape. Oh, that was hilarious. The car yeah. gets damaged. But then further down the scene, the damage is gone. Yeah, and then he smashes into the gate. I mean, that's yeah. just the, the, the just testament of the quality of a Lexus. <laughs> And the crumple zone didn't even activate because that's those cars are designed with the crumple zone. That's the whole point of them. That the, the whole front end disintegrates the 
Yeah. Take away the impact. Nope. Those gates are not small. Like, no. That car should be. Yeah, that car should uh, not have made it through. <laughs> also, I mean, um, he uses a, a key to start the car on on uh, on the film, and the, the the car that he actually is actually used is a uh, fob. Except um, that Lexus was one of the first to bring out the idea of the fobs. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it, he uses a key. He shows his keys. <laughs> and it I wasn't... love the way there's no security inside. The mansion. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Uh, for a one... diplomatic, you know, for a diplomatic residence, all the all the plotter outside. Nobody's actually inside, patrolling the, in, the interior, and all this shit can go down with barely a, a word. Well, it's it's cool because there's a cop outside, like outside the gate. Yeah. So that's that's all they need. You mean the one who stands outside going stop? Because <laughs> that's when somebody's revving up full speed to crash through the gates. That's really that's gonna work. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, that scene where he runs over the nanny, she's like, Whoop! That, Yeah, that's yeah, just that so comedy gold. Funny, like, I, yeah. I, I laugh at that just as hard as I saw it the first time, every time. <laughs> yeah, it's um, um, Parodi, um, it was uh, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders, and um. They did a parody of um, Braveheart, in which um, Dawn French was the um, killer. Mm-hmm. And um, she says, Stop! The prisoner has something to say. And um, the, uh, Jennifer Saunders is actually on the table, uh, just like um, Mel Gibson was. And she goes, Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, you know, um, they, they did one of, um, like, uh, The Omen. I'm trying to think what it was now, but it made me laugh. Um, yeah, um, this I think this would have definitely worked better as a comedy. There's so much stuff. I mean, I was laughing through most of it. Yeah, but you're not meant to. This film's actually trying to take itself seriously. That's the problem. <laughs> when, yeah. when a film's trying to take itself seriously and be an improvement, you know, as all remakes try to do... Yeah, um, I just um, don't worked at all. Um, I think uh, from the start, the music was wrong. Um, I think they didn't put the heart and soul into it. I mean, there's there's probably hundreds more mistakes that I didn't see yeah. that other um, people see. Uh, continuity, uh, you know, um, even dialogue. It's, it's one I good dialogue, that, wasn't it? One good thing I did like about it was they brought it up to date um, with the sort of pre-storyline, like um, at the beginning when the uh, telescope is looking up to the um, the you know the stars and everything, yeah. and, and of course you got the 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 Pope and everything in, in chambers saying about the um, you know the um, he will rise from the earth and whatever it was, um, and they're saying about um, you know the Two towers and um, the tsunami, and uh, yeah, they kind of they brought it into the, the time of the year, which um, they tried to bring it up to date. Yeah, uh, but um, I think after that, the, the film just died. Just died. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Robot Damien. <laughs> yeah, that kid was. What I, I want to say, he wasn't that good, but he was pretty much on par with like the rest of the actors in this. 
like yeah. aside from like professor lupin like that guy's always great in everything he's in but uh yeah he was he was like he was definitely an excellent counterpart to Julia Stiles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was. Uh, <laughs> I've I've had this um, thing. Is Julia Stiles actually a good actor? I'm kind of like, always on the fence myself. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like she was part of the Jason Bohr series, but that was awful anyway. Um, she kind of wouldn't plank her way through that. She was great in Orphan. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. like we saw, we saw her give her a better range, and we saw the dark side to her in Orphan. That was fantastic. Um, I don't know how I feel. Is she, is she trying to be understated? Is that her whole stick? That she's not trying to be a superstar and playing understated roles. Um, I just don't know. It's. Uh, I was going to ask the same last night about Chloe Moritz, but um, she's mm. another one I can't no, put my head around. Not, I don't think she's a good actor at all it's just something about her um same as julia styles something about them but i don't know what what it'll take from the like push forward the next level if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's a shame um she was wasted like even saying that for her she was wasted in this role yeah like yeah totally mrs um, thorne was like, i feel a like long yeah. character in us. I was gonna say, I feel like she would have been much better in the Mia Farrow part, um, but yeah, I was like the the main protagonist, not so much. Hmm. I, th- I think as well with with actresses, and I think you got three levels in Hollywood. You've got the the top stars, a bit like in the male side at the moment. The the, the top actor appears to be uh, Timothee Chalamet, isn't it? Uh, he's the most wanted at the moment um and i think um then you got the the general middle sort of um rankings of ones that are chosen quite regularly for uh, any other parts and then you got the the ones who are being totally forgotten um you know um and perhaps she's just in the, in the middle where you know she Perhaps the bottom of the middle, where she's being pulled into parts, um, like this one on um, the Omen. Um, She'll never be a lead actress. We'll know that. That's no, you know, no. but you don't have to be. That's the thing. If you're if you're supporting supporting cast and you do your job well and you're always there and reliable, like I wouldn't complain. It just uh, seems a weird one. Um, there's no chemistry with this family. Like even in the original, no. there was at least chemistry. And even David well, I, himself. I, I feel like that was a, a choice, though, with this movie. Is like they were all so separated, um, like they were just almost like strangers passing in the night. Yeah, I, like, I, I do feel like that was honestly a choice in this movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, even with the husband, like his whole thing is he doesn't really give a fuck about his wife. Like, you never see them together unless they're in the car. <laughs> His only concern is always the fucking child. Like Damien pushes her off the ledge and she falls three goddamn floors on her back and survives. But his only hang up is like, oh no, the baby that I just found out about died that she was already going to get a fucking abortion for. Like, yeah. Dude's kind of a cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at least in the first, well, at least in the original, there was a, like, there were scenes of them in bed together just talking and being family. And yeah, there was. 
there was love there. You could see, you know, I mean, there was chemistry between the characters and there was mm-hmm. a family unit and he did it. But this guy's just like, you don't believe him when he gets upset. Mm-hmm. No. Um, Except for when I, the babies die. Then you can, you can believe it. He tries <laughs> That's to, all he gives a fuck about. tries to play the same characterization as other films he was, he's been in. He, he, he has the same characterization, the same um, mannerisms. Um, and um, yeah, as anything else he's he's been in, um, and I think that's where he failed. Whereas when you get a, such a in the first in the original movie, you get such a, a star as Gregory Peck mm-hmm. who can fit into any role and, and make it as different. You know, um, if you put him in a, a bat suit, for instance, he'd play the Batman. Yeah, he'd have a he'd have he a go at it. Play, yeah. He wouldn't play Gregory Peck um, as Leif Schreiber, isn't it? Something like that. Um, yeah, it's a, he's uh, one of those ones. I know his face. I've seen him around, but he's so forgettable. Yeah, that you kind of you erase him from memory. Like honestly, I'm I'm forgetting this movie already. It's just yeah. yeah. kind of meh. I'll watch the original um, again. Again, I've got the you know obviously the original trilogy. Um, and I just love the fact in the original that Damien. Was the innocent? He wasn't aware. Yeah. Until the end, and then, and it leads into the part two where he's still in denial or he doesn't mm-hmm. understand what he is until the third part where he fully embraces. Yeah. But this, we've got Robot Damien. Just me. I am evil. I am well, evil. I will well, kill you. Me. 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 And it's like with this, it makes sense. Like I, I will defend that aspect of it, not the robot, but um, just like him understanding. Essentially, the catalyst was the uh, the birthday party when the nanny hung mm-hmm. herself. Like that was when the flip or the switch flipped in his head, and he understood his purpose. Um, because there was there was no plan for a sequel to this. Like it was just a one and done remake. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas with the original series, like that was there was supposed to be multiple films, at least from my understanding. So it makes sense mm-hmm. that he's going to be the almost unwilling antichrist whereas with this it's like no he's the fucking antichrist he knows he's the antichrist and he's here to fuck shit up hmm. yeah maybe that's um but once again because there's no atmosphere with us don't you don't get it it just seems like wooden acting so that's the missing uh the atmosphere here is a main missing component yeah. that has turned this could have been a great remake a standalone thing not uh not trying to stamp on the original. Okay. But it was just so flat that you just you can't you just go through the motions watching this, you, you can't get invested. No. Cause the original Damien, Harvey Stevens, was actually in the remake. Um he was actually played a photographer who uh, stood outside the embassy um to um welcome uh, ask questions i think he when the nanny died um he actually shouted was she on drugs mm-hmm. um and he was actually in the film the original harvey stevens the original damien but um yeah uh, if if you're saying about the nanny dying um there were two things in that um there's one where um uh, mrs thorne actually looks up when when the nanny shouts damien this is all for you um, you see one shot of, of her looking up uh, and then the, the shot comes from where the nanny is 
and, and looking down onto where Mrs. Thorne should be, and she's not in the crowd. So <laughs> looking up, she should be in the crowd looking down from the landing stand. She's not there. Yeah, um, um, I think it's, uh, well, not going as in-depth, but it just, you always feel there's something wrong. You're, yeah. you're watching this and there's something wrong and just it ticks over, even as uh, uh, just taking it at face value. You're like, this doesn't connect. And that's what it's missing. It's missing that actual, oh, right, I'm, I'm in the story. Because there's just so choppy and bland, you know, the way they've done it and dialed in. Yeah, I, I would say lazy. I would say this is uh, probably one of the laziest remakes I've encountered. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, 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 I think they just like done it and thought, ah, well, stick it in the cinema. We're on a budget, you know. Um, People are stupid; they'll just turn up because of the nostalgia. They, they won't notice the two dogs, or you know the. Hey, um, you know what? This shit came out almost twenty fucking years ago, and I didn't really. Uh comprehend that like I, I always knew it was two different dogs but for some reason it never really clicked that it was two different yeah. dogs <laughs> but if that I is the movie years. I've watched like quite a few times yeah. like I actually enjoy this movie if they'd use a Doberman out of maybe forgiving them but a Shepherd is such a different breed yeah, it's, from yeah. the Rottweiler and the Rottweiler is iconic That's, the, the, the Rottweiler is a synonymous like Damien himself the Rottweiler mm -hmm. breed is synonymous with this movie and franchise yeah, but yeah, I think it's perceptions as well. When you're a dog owner, um, you know people think of of a Rottweiler as a devil dog, you know, and um, I I know lots of people with Rottweilers, and and they're far from it. It's oh, absolutely, they're just big, are. dumb, gentle dogs. Just yeah. the biggest flu ever. So my my first dog was a German Shepherd. Oh, he wasn't black. But not the sort of dog I would have put in a film like The Omen to say he's the devil dog, mm -hmm. um, you know. Um, but that I'm was the thing with yeah. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but movies of uh, the media have done this for years anyway. Because um, the German Shepherd was a devil dog, then it was the Rottweiler, then it was the Doberman, now it's the Pitbull, mm -hmm. and then they'll. Uh, they never picked the Chihuahua, which will actually no. That's like the dogs. most vicious fucking <laughs> dog. <laughs> The freaking like, my have, first dog was Jack Russell, and she'd tear your face yeah. off if you. Yeah. I have way. more scars from Chihuahuas that I have had over yeah. the years than all of my big dogs combined. Like I, <laughs> I have one scar from a pit bull, and that was because she was a baby and she had teeny tiny little sharp nails, and she got caught on my pants and fucking cut my leg. Other than yeah. that, like I've never, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> been attacked by a big fucking dog i i've got a staffy at the moment and she's a complete angel oh in of fact, course talking about chihuahuas there was a woman up in denport park in plymouth who used to have seven and um my i used to take my dog up to um denport park considering she's a 22 kilogram Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Mm -hmm. She used to see these seven Chihuahuas and she used to run as fast as she could in the other direction. Like, I'm having no part <laughs> of that. No way. Yeah, well, fuck yeah, that's like a pack of piranhas, that's, man. Yeah, so that's exactly the analogy I was about to come off that. It's like <laughs> waiting in water with a pack of piranha, you're going to have no yeah. legs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the thing comes there. Why, especially these filmmakers, did they, you know, uh, with the Omen, why did they say, oh, right. 
a devil dog or we're going to have a, a Rottweiler or a German Shepherd when, you know, <laughs> are, are those breeds actually taken in? that They're, they're nasty and, and uh, you know, um, vicious because it's, it's the owners that make them nasty and That's vicious. That's a whole other conversation. Freaking people are yeah. dumb as... Yeah, people are cons. Piss me off. Yeah. Um... I would I would value dogs I over a person's any day. That's just oh, me. absolutely. My house like, was on fire right now. All the animals would be outside, and then I would consider my wife. Maybe a couple of guitars, and then the and wife. She, I I don't know. It depends. Yeah, on and she day. had to do the same. Take John would just be like, the yeah, same back absolutely. And that's why he's being married so long. Otherwise, <laughs> like my well-being, I can take care of myself. Those animals are the priority, and at least one or two guitars. The um the other thing about the last last one I've got written down is 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 the geography uh, you know if you take uh, Father Spiletto he actually um, tells uh, Robert and the photographer and um, that uh, the town of Megado or Megado is south of Jerusalem and it's not it's actually north of Jerusalem no they it said north no it said south. I'm sure they said so. No, well, I don't okay. Remember, which one but... was it? Which uh, which priest are we talking? Were we talking about the one that's all fucked up from the fire, or the dude that sent him there originally? No, the, the, the dude that sent him to the place where. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna yeah. say, I remember um, when they're at the convent, they're like, "Yeah, it's like you know, fifty yeah. kilometers north of here." But that that makes sense then. And this is what I don't get in the remake because. Um... He was messed up in the first one, and he was physically unable to speak. Yeah. Write. Hence why he had to, you know, write notes down. This yeah. guy was pretty much in good health. And yeah. he was just like, waiter, waiter. You know, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. I, I've conspired with Satanists and, uh, you know, to bring about the apocalypse and the downfall of, you know, church beer and that stuff. Um, but I'll just sit here in luxury and use a little weight on me hand and foot. As my penance, at least the first guy in the original, you felt like he was given some sort of penance. This guy was just a dick. He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just an evil bastard. I'm, I'm gonna make his weight on me now, hand and foot. Give me my piece of charcoal, which yeah. looks stupid as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why the fuck wouldn't he have it on him? Like that doesn't make sense. He could have just had a pen and paper, really. Yeah. Couldn't he? The but way he wrote. Were, the over dramatization of certain aspects is just are so jarring when a lot other of it, parts are bland as fuck. It's just that like, is that is the fun, like one of the funny things about this is some of it like it just feels like some of it's stage acting and some of it's camera acting and uh, you know like for instance basically that scene from when they get to the convent. To when they discover the jackal and that his son was killed all that shit like that feels like they're playing for the back seats and then like the following scene it's all just meh like when dude gets his head chopped off and shit i mean it's still i giggle about it every time but yeah it's like very underwhelming compared to that over the top like this is a stage we built this this is like this is surreal. This isn't reality. This is yeah, um, this is fantasy. I think that's what's so jarring about this because it flips and flops and makes and you just you just get a sense of wrongness for this whole movie. That's mm. what I take from this. It's just raw. You know, you're just like this isn't sitting right. This isn't. Um, 
like we've watched plenty of remakes and some have enjoyed, some have had a laugh with, mm-hmm. some have like, nah, never do that again. Yeah. But this was just like, even if this wasn't a remake, right? If this was put out as is the original idea, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel it. You'd just be walking away going, what the hell have I watched? You'd get nothing from it. Mm, yeah. I, th- I think uh, the message that comes from you know podcasts like this is needs to tell the studios look look the cinema goer is not stupid um, you know, the studios yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like the majority of people that they're marketing to are fucking stupid yeah like no, look at how successful the Marvel hate movies YouTubers are. they hear us yeah. we are the Antichrist to the Holy Church of fucking Hollywood oh, um, they utterly utterly hate our guts because yeah. we're just a few people. We can <laughs> sit in our rooms with a camera and a microphone and we'll dissect stuff and don't need studios. We don't need fluff pieces. And we'll just break down as if we're a few people. This is way we, if we had a few beers in our hand and we're sitting in the living room, this is the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. No. Because we'll touch we'll hit the nerve. And we're like, this is why I didn't like it. Yeah. And they try and like it's so funny now. Like the go-to for a studio is if you don't watch this, you're a nestophobe. You're all the not just one of them, but you're all the estophobes if you don't like this movie. That's watch it, you bigot. You know, we hate your guts, but give us your money anyway, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of scratching your head going, You're not inspiring me here. And this is, I think, the start of it. This laziness that's come in the movie making. The studio is probably sat there though, Colin, watching this and thinking. And one director is saying to the other, or one executive saying, let's kill him. Yeah? Who should we get? Let's get Constantine to do it. <laughs> He's just a character in a film. Is he? <laughs> let's still kill him. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the, like I said, they think that the cinema go in, in some parts is stupid. Well, most of them might be, but... I was like that's that's one thing I will definitely you, do. most of them actually are, annihilate yeah. a film. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. do you remember it used to be you had your map base, you had your blockbuster, you had your popcorn flicks. Hmm. And that was fine. Uh that was fine. You know, that's what that that gets bums in seat. But then after tea time, that's where the grown up movies happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The the families went out at lunchtime for the matinees or early tea time. That was fine. And then after the seven o'clock or nine o'clock show was always the horror movie, the mm-hmm. thriller, the, the ones for the like the eighteen plus. Um that's gone now. Everything's just become so yeah. bland. And I almost mm-hmm. think we're we're getting to the we still haven't got the ground zero of when this shit started. But I think we're getting close. Like this is another example of the grifters that have got into the creativity, the creative industry, um, they're just there to dial it in. They're just there to get a paycheck. They're not actually mm-hmm. invested in what they do. If you're going to remake something, you got to have respect for the lore. Why? Why was that original piece so iconic? Why has it stood the test of time? And how can I pay homage to that and put a little twist to, to freshen up for the modern audience? Mm. And yeah. this is just, ah, I don't give a shit. Like, from scene to scene, they don't give a shit. Oh, that's right. Uh, it's, it's Like you said, it just comes across, all oh, right, yeah, we've done that scene. Let's do the next one. What's the next one? 
oh yeah get over there then yeah yeah all right yeah and that's that's how it appears to have gone yeah totally did this movie need to be nearly two hours long no yeah. definitely not that's that's probably my one biggest bitch fit with this movie because i thoroughly enjoy it like it, it's you make a bag of popcorn, you sit there, and you giggle the way through. But yeah, it doesn't need to be that long. That's why I get color plans from outer space. Or the see, Evil that's Dead. yeah. If that's I want like popcorn and just religious laugh, I'll watch Ash vs. Evil Dead for the twentieth time, and that's schlocky as hell, and that's Fuck continuity yeah. issues all over from episode to episode. But there's heart behind it, and I'll laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, this. Nah, mate, you're on your own here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, and I, I understand that. Like, there's there's a lot of remakes that I don't know if it was just the 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 place I was mentally when it came out or what that I I enjoy even with all its problems. Um, kind of like Constantine. Like that is just admittedly that's not a good fucking movie, but it's one that I will cherish till the day I die. Yeah. But there was heart behind that. That was the thing. And this was there though. About. Yeah. <laughs> They wanted to make a fun movie. It's they wanted to bring they wanted to bring the the subject matter into an action flick. Mm-hmm. And with action flicks, although I've gone off them because it's got so repetitive now, but there was always a sense of fun. So they were making a horror action flick with Constantine, mm-hmm. and you yeah. kind of got that impression. You know what I mean? You, you felt that there were some people cared, yeah, putting together, but. Um... Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that this this movie was a new addition to Disney Plus, because um, they put it on Disney Plus, believe it or not, um, I wouldn't have thought about it again. It wouldn't have That's been something. Would have, it wouldn't have been something I would have said to Colin. Oh, Colin, you know, do you remember this? You know, about <laughs> just like no, I, no, I'm thinking about a completely uh, different movie. <laughs> on, the, on the list on Disney Plus, it wouldn't have crossed my mind to say about this, and it, probably this podcast would have never have happened on discussion, you know, because it's it's, it's forgettable. The film is forgettable. Um, because <laughs> if, if you think if you think of, you think of uh, uh, Omen Two, I got mm-hmm. into. See- I got into serious trouble when that one came out, and um, because I was at college uh, in in uh, Plymouth, uh, the College for Other Education, and the lift broke down, and it got stuck between floors two and three, mm-hmm. uh, and um, there was a woman in there, and she was sweating profusely because she was frightened of being in the lift with so many people for such a long time. So, <laughs> me and all my wisdom of joking around and everything, I turned to my mates and says. Has anyone seen Omen 2 yet? Yeah, yeah. the lift breaks and cuts this bloke in half. This woman screams. <laughs> yeah, oh, the way the cable just comes down, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I, got, that's... I got reported to the principal and taken in front of the principal um, for for saying this, you know. And I said, oh, I was only discussing the film. Like, Yeah, I'm sorry she overheard it. Like, what? <laughs> passing like, time. <laughs> oh, you'd be burnt at the stake now. Yeah. <laughs> You try that now, you'd be frigging. Uh, they'll come at you with the pitchforks and burning torches. Yeah. Like, yeah, sinner, that's yeah. someone's life. But uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty um, useless remake um, and unnecessary. I, I would, I would say, absolutely unnecessary. 
So mm. maybe should have just re-released the orig- original and given an upgrade. Yeah, give it yeah. a digital upgrade. That that might have worked better for the. And especially when they weren't going to redo the entire series, because that was um. Why make this if you weren't planning to redo the whole lot? Yeah. Well, see, and that's that's the argument that I'll make is this was a separate entity. Like the this was set up as being just a one shot, whereas with the original film, like I feel like. Uh, I mean, of course, probably biased because I know there's a full franchise, but it feels like it was set up for, you know, future films. Whereas this, it was just like, now nah, we're, we're done. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, the, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I just didn't care. Uh-huh. Like, uh, like if the had said there was going to be a sequel to this, like, uh, I was like, nah. I mean, I, I agree with that. I definitely wouldn't have gave a um, shit about a sequel to this. But but uh, this is so forgettable. Like, like it. after it's done, you're just like, okay, did I watch something? <laughs> yeah. Um. Final final sort of question about this. Um. The whole thing with the Vatican and them being active, they weren't very proactive, were they? Like, they, I mean, that they, kind of sounds they're, they're, like perfect. No, but they're actually saying this is the apocalypse, and they did nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. at the the final scene, um. The, two, the, the Pope kills himself. Is that right, or did he have a heart attack or something? That was a no. Weird he died. Scene. He just died in his bed. I he thought was there was some wine signifying that he had maybe drunk something. The chalice, you know. I never took it I, as that. I just took it as he was just yeah, in bed dying. What? What was the part? Like, I don't get it. What was? What was the point? Well, duh. That was to signify that was the end. The end of the world, as we but know. No, it's not like they sent a bunch of exorcists or a team or anything like that. Like, if it had been like John Carpenter's, you know, vampires, and they had an actual fucking team to spy, ah, oh, we'll find the Antichrist, go, 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 and the come out in their fucking helicopter, you know, trying to defeat him, that would have been better. But the Vatican being involved and then not being involved at all, and then at the end, as if they'd been foiled or something when they'd done nothing, I just weird did you also notice there was no subtitles on uh, yeah when they were speaking the italian they were speaking yeah latin and uh so you had to really guess what they were saying <laughs> so hard to... you know it could have been anything you know um uh you know it could have been hmm, what time's dinner tonight oh, well yeah. when those two stars cross we'll go for dinner then where are we going? Let's go for an Italian pizza up the road, you know. Yeah, we had pasta last night, you know, that the signs tell us to go for pepperoni. It just yeah. it was completely pointless shoehorning uh scenes. But it's like what he's doing. Like I said the the best thing about those scenes was they, they brought it up to date with with you know the the meaning of certain bits in the book they thought it was related to yeah. you know the, the two towers crashing and um, you know, I love yeah. the way um, the Treaty of Rome was brought up, and obviously, um, Remainers everywhere are going, That's blasphemy! Don't speak about our beloved EU like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That get, uh, that's why I'm not afraid to say it, because I know that that's the one thing I'll tick people off, especially in London. Freaking, ah, sinner! You the, speak the thing, against the holiness. <laughs> the funny thing I found about that oh, that scene with uh, the people speaking Latin is they went through each one, you know, like. The stars and um, you know uh, the stars crossing means this and this this and 
they came to the, the, the like fourth one or the fifth one and they it's obviously didn't have anything for it. So they so the the head guy there just cuts in and goes, No, hold on. We know we have the answers, you know, and sort of thing. And you think but what about that one? This one was a tsunami. This one was a twin towers. What about this one? You know, no, 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 no. <laughs> cut cutscene. It was um, but the thing is, I had the main story scripts. All I had to do was embellish it a bit. So there's very little writing to do. Who who are these idiots that were involved in this movie? Yeah. Oh, we've got to, we've got to think of this. We've got three scenes to actually write different from the original beats. Uh, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's the old Alfred Hitchcock adage of making a movie. You have like three or four good scenes. The rest can be filler, and it's still going to be a good movie if it's <laughs> shot right. Yeah, this wasn't. That's a problem. Yeah, the argument doesn't hold there. It's like I've got my devil dog here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably begging for treat. Just like oh, love me. She's telling me it's, it's five o'clock and. Yeah, that what what when you're like two minutes late for a dog, it's like you start me to death. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Do you hit me? What it's like mine are mine have like automatic feeders because I get fucking sick of having to wake up early as shit to feed them. And even <laughs> still then, even they, they know it's like the timer's gonna go off. They're still looking at you like, Where the fuck is it? Where is it? Are you gonna feed me? Are you gonna feed me? And then it goes off. And they're like, Oh yeah. And then they go fuck off. You, you could give her anything in between, like she had a, a mini ham bone uh, a couple of hours ago, which you thought would have filled her up. Now it's still time for for din dins. So uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we're like that. Um, just just a guy. You're late. Your your time's ticking here. You bad person. <laughs> Even my birds, my bloody birds. When they know it's time to go in, and I haven't put something in their seat dish because what i do is um that signifies is i let them out when i come home from work mm -hmm. and to get out an hour or two and then it's time to go back in so i always signify i take a wee bit of seed and i top up their seed dish mm. if i don't do that or if i get distracted or if i'm on a call i have them squawking at me going <laughs> what are you doing and then they're just looking at me as if i'm the worst person in the world <laughs> and the worst and i know what i've really messed up is when they're both actually inside the cage at their bowls glaring at me <laughs> you bastard <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not like apologizing to my words, but i'm so sorry I, i'm a shithead i know yeah <laughs> yeah so you speak to them like they're human don't you yeah that's <laughs> why not <laughs> better than some people better than freaking talking <laughs> about that. yeah you absolutely. get better conversations <laughs> but guys um this is a lot of fun um Sorry, Cameron. <laughs> hey, no, you man. know the thing is, I understand with a lot of uh, a lot of newer movies, I'm gonna be the one like the last man standing on the hill saying, "I fucking love this movie." I understand. Yeah, well, I'm getting you back for Prince of Darkness, bastard. <laughs> oh man, fucking ruin my childhood. Yeah, I mean, you can you can keep that. I'm gonna keep this as part of my childhood. That's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll just keep our own toys in our own cupboards. Exactly. <laughs> Steve. Thank you very much for being on. It's been an absolute blast. Sorry, um, mate. Hope you enjoyed yeah, it. It's just the whole point is just come on, have a bit of fun. Blast. <laughs> just riffing movies, you know, love them or hate them. It's we're we're missing this type of dialogue. Um, mm -hmm. that's the problem with social media. Everyone's like so 
black or white or A or B or you know yeah and you either agree or you're the enemy and it's like no that that's part of why cinema has always been such an important part of like human experience is because even if you don't agree yeah there's a discussion and it's fucking fun yeah I I think everyone's got their own you know uh, thoughts and everything it's it's like things my other half likes you know I I might not like and um, you know, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? You. Uh, but if we're all the same, camera, but camera might think the film's brilliant. We think it's rubbish. It's our opinion, isn't it? Yeah, and when bloody Adam, him and Adam picking me. <laughs> nice to be the other way round for a change. Right. It is. It is quite the the change. The red coats are coming. <laughs> That's fucking what it is, man. I didn't get my musket ready. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So next time we're in Utah, <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get uh, Keanu Reeves over too. Eh? Oh man, yeah, that'd be the show. It'll be twenty seventy four. Constantine two still happening. Fuck yeah, it's a hologram. Was, maybe it'll be cancelled for three times. Well, well, I told you I was at college with this uh, prank with a woman with a lift. Um, we had a studio come around uh, to say um, they needed extras up on Dartmoor. And it was for the film Revolution, 1984, with Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. And uh, so all all I had to do for my 50 quid a day, 50 is good, good money back in that's, 90. That's, that's yeah, okay. was lay there and pretend I'm dead. Hell yeah. And um, I had loads of like, blood and everything from the muskets and everything. But uh, it was all right. But the bloody ground was wet. And it was freezing cold up on Dartmoor. But um, so ever since then, I've gone around telling people that I was in the film and I was Al Pacino's supporting actor. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I accidentally set Dartmoor on fire one time. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> We're training, yeah, it's action attack. And uh, you have a, we have the thing, mini flares, so it's like a pen. Yeah. But that's how you squeeze the top end, you're like back. Dip, yeah. And the flare goes off. So, and thing is, this was February time, but the ground was dry as hell. Yeah. And it just goes into the frigging gorse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we we hadn't realized because we're obviously, you know, contact right, contact right, fucking, you know, um, throwing the uh, shmini to smoke and blur next thing. Boof. Now it's a case of stop. <laughs> so get the fire and what it was because a lot of it's still national trust land. The, yeah. A lot of army bases um, use national trust, and it's like an agreement because yeah. it's protected from the public. Then, um, so there's all the fire breaks done through the forest, and they have still got the beaters, and that's all kind of left there throughout the year. It's like go get the beater, roll freaking ground it. There's a whole skyhead fucking taking off. Yeah, we're all like beating it. Fuck out of it! It's like, oh shit, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, almost a bit like that. <laughs> so random. Um, you 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 have one of those mini barbecues, and suddenly it turns into the whole, whole section of. Yeah, and it could be the middle of winter, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I was passing yeah. rain two days ago. What the hell? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun times. Uh right. On that happy note, we'll wrap it up. Let's keep going for hours. This is, uh, this is the best sort of thing. <laughs> we'll stop talking about the movies three hours ago. We're talking like random shit. Love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Um, once again, thanks for being on. Um, 
Also, special thanks to our February contributors, uh, Phoebe Xavier for contributing Horrific Tale. Thank you very much. Um, as always, open for submissions. You want to get involved with the show? Check the website out. Uh, keep up the date. Uh, plenty going on. Hopefully, uh, Steve, if you want to come on again, love to have you. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll trash another movie that Cameron loves and just. <laughs> <laughs> I think this. Uh, I think this could become a regular segment. Yeah. yeah next time, let's talk about my fucking childhood instead. <laughs> Have all of Talk rap, shit on that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing secret. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, folks, come up to date with the channel. Do the typey clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it keep horrific. It horrific.